Hello and welcome to Need2Go. Need2Go is a podcast meant to help you take your learning on the go. Our goal is to support administrators, tech coordinators, educators, and just anyone in their learning journey. So whether you are at home, work, the gym, or on your commute, we are glad you're joining us. Now for the latest episode of Need2Go. Hello, and welcome to another episode of our Need a Go podcast. Uh, for those of you listening in real time, we are uh, coming off of the, I hope what we might classify as the end of the uh, COVID-19 pandemic, or at least maybe not the end, but at a point where some things might be starting to open up. And so for this episode, I have Stephanie Donnell joining me. We just thought that'd be a good time to share some like celebrations, just have a conversation about some things that we've seen um, in Nebraska, outside of Nebraska with all the online learning and just some tips maybe of some things that we can take from what we've learned and move forward. So Stephanie, thanks for joining me. I know we have conversations all the time about this and I don't know that there's any right answers, but the only thing that I can say is um, we're all better together and we all learn this together. It's just been an adventure, wouldn't you say? Most definitely. Thank you for having me, Heather. And yes, um, you know, I wish we recorded a lot of our conversations that we had, you know, in since March, um, you know, bouncing ideas off and um, what's working, what's not working. And um, but yes, I'm glad for this time that we can reflect on um, what we just experienced and, you know, just celebrate what we've done and how some maybe ways we can move forward. I agree. Let's just kind of start with um, like engagement. I feel like engagement was such a hot topic. And again, it's not anything different than in a classroom. Everybody talks about how do you engage kids. But when you're moving online, it obviously looked different. I know some people are finishing their year or have their year over. So we could kind of share some tips. But what are some things that you have noticed? I know I've seen some really cool things just watching as a parent. What are some things that you've seen where teachers have kind of stepped outside their comfort zone to address engagement in this different experience? You know, sometimes just even having the teachers record themselves, that was out of their comfort zone, you know, and being online and making screencasts. You know, a lot of teachers were um, found out that flipping their classroom was more beneficial Um, recording their lecture, um, recording just whatever their presentation would be have them watch that offline. And then when they came back together for their Zoom meeting, you know, that's when they could go over that material, answer any questions. And that way the kids were more engaged in that piece of learning. Um, We also, we had a first grade teacher that she did a lot of hands-on science experiments. And those students loved that opportunity to see those experiments or do it alongside her, you know, at home if they had all the equipment to do it. And um, I thought that was that was a very cool way to engage students. I would love to have seen those conversations, you know, as the kids are creating a hypothesis of what they think might happen or maybe they write it down so nobody sees it. You hold it up on your whiteboard or something. Mm -hmm. That's. Super and cool. all the oohs and ahs, you know, when yes. they see something happen. <laughs> Definitely video content. One of my favorite things, I never really like sat in on Zooms for my own kids uh, because I didn't want to be intimidating or be that 
over the shoulder helicopter parent or whatever. But I loved watching kindergarten Zooms. Everybody kind of, you have this assumption that, oh my gosh, 20 kindergartners on a Zoom, that has to be a craziness. But I was super impressed. I know that um, my daughter, Brexton, they incorporated brain breaks. And so she'd be watching a slide presentation on her screen. And next thing you know, she'd be standing on a chair doing a, a go noodle brain break, dancing around, that type of thing. And so what was supposed to be a 30 minute Zoom, sometimes it was like 45, 50 minutes, but I never felt like the kids were lost. They always knew what was going on. It was the same routine, but I thought that was, that was really cool. I also um, saw show and tell and it might seem, you know, kind of like a novelty, but I think the cool thing is, is like at school, the kids bring stuff in for show and tell. And so sometimes it might be a pain, but we're in a different learning environment. Like the, you, the teachers are going into their homes kind of for lack of a better term. And so the show and tell takes a whole different level because you can show things that are in your house that you may not have been able to show, you know, whether it's a plant or a pet, something that you wouldn't be able to take with you to school. And so I think that's kind of changed the engagement too, because kids are actually able to show things that they may not have been able to take to school. And again, it brings that engagement, keeps the kids connected to the teacher. Well, and also I heard that even high school, te- high school students were doing show and tells. And I think that was a great way to build relationships, you know, strengthen those, you know, with the teacher and the student and just getting to learn something else about them. Like, you're right. You know, I couldn't show Coco, I <laughs> take my cat Coco to school, but I could show her during the Zoom. Yeah. Or if you're, you know, if you're on a farm and you're doing farming stuff, you know, and this time that stuff doesn't stop, you know, um, Starbucks might be closed, but the farm isn't closed. So those are some things that, that kids were able to share that, again, they normally wouldn't, wouldn't have. Um, with your passion for reading, I think this kind of sparked some idea from you too. But I did um, have, I thought it was really cool that some teachers were having guest readers. And so some of their um, younger students were able to w- listen to somebody different than the teacher and have a guest reader, again, not something different that you wouldn't see in a regular classroom, but being able to incorporate and bring that into Zoom. I know our superintendent read a book to uh, kindergarten classes. And even better, I had um, my own fourth grader read to a, a class. And so I just think that's another way to engage. You know, you want to make sure kids are reading. And I'm not telling you anything you don't already know, Stephanie, in, in your profession and your passion, but I think any opportunity to get them to read for purpose. And, and that was fun to see too. I think that's, that was just a fantastic idea. Just having, you know, different age levels reading to others and um, just a lot of positives in there. You know, that's, you shared a lot of the author reads too. Yes. And so on my, on our uh, school library, Facebook page, if authors like Dan Gutman or, you know, any of those were reading, I'd share those out. So then students could be able to listen to those stories and make those connections. Cause those are favorite books in our library and just gave them a different experience that they probably wouldn't have had otherwise. Right. I think that's the thing too. I think as we move forward and as we continue, there's so many positives that have come out of this. And I'm super pumped to see what things stick or what changes continue on, whether it's something you do in your instruction, whether it's something you do in your teaching, that type of thing. I know before we started recording, um, you mentioned something about like online uh, review sessions, you know, our teachers and students 
may not have been comfortable with Zoom or Google Meet or whatever uh, virtual uh, tool you were using. But what a great way now that kids are familiar to incorporate like a, an evening review session moving forward, you know, if you want to prepare them for something or provide extra support when you're available, you know, whether it's on the weekend or evening, you know, um, sometimes those things are thought of, but if you're not comfortable with the tool, then it, it's, it's a lot harder. And now we've got that comfort zone shifting. That's right. Yeah. And learning doesn't have to be from eight to four. It's, it, you know, extends beyond the classroom walls at, you know, 24 seven. And, you know, that's only better for the students and for the teachers to help meet the needs of those students. The other thing that I, I want to touch on before we talk too much and make this a long episode is what? the talk too much. <laughs> yeah, the communication piece. Um, I think that was key too. Is how you communicated, and you know, I feel like we go back and you're like, okay, hindsight, we would do this instead, or we would front load our parents with this, that type of thing. But I feel like we really have done a great job of sharing stuff with our parents and front loading them with so many things. And again, not something we haven't done in the past, but don't you feel like our parents are much more engaged with what's happening in the classroom because they had to be at a whole different level and they're more familiar with like that. I don't want to call it teacher common language, but they are familiar with that common language, whether it's the name of your curriculum, the name of your review content, things like that. And I feel like we're at a benefit with all that. I do too. And I just think that, you know, with the, them having that firsthand experience of using the tool, not just hearing it, but, you know, inside like Seesaw or inside Schoology or IXL and seeing how the students interact with that and the expectations to learn. You know, I think it was, I think it was overwhelming at first with parents, but, you know, as time moved on, they were more comfortable with that. And I think that's only going to benefit us in the fall. You know, mm -hmm. and even if we go back to school normally, you know, and we would still be able to use some of these online tools for at home or if we had a snow day or something like that, you know, learning can still go on, I think, with some of these tools that we've experienced. And I think we've like like you said, we've communicated those things. So when you say things like Seesaw or Google Classroom, parents know what that is. And so if like you said, on a snow day or a kid stays home sick and a message goes out that they can get on seesaw to see their content or that type of thing parents have are familiar with that language and we have done a good job of front loading them so i think we're at a huge advantage to to run with things like this because they are more engaged than they ever have been we've been sharing it but they've had to be a lot more engaged in the last three months and so that i think that's going to make a difference moving yeah. forward definitely even in parent teacher conferences i'm just thinking you know i mean the conversation can go so much you know, more differently and maybe more in depth now that the parents know a lot of those tools that they're using in the classroom. Well, as we close out, Stephanie, what are some other things that you think we should celebrate or any tips moving forward that we can close out the conversation with? I know we've had these conversations all the time. It's just trying to get it out to our listeners. I just think that we have um, really have come together, you know, as a team to make sure that the students are successful you know we have i just think we've always been as tech integrationists we've been kind of working towards something like this you know getting teachers and students prepared for online learning 
and um, just seeing how our school was able to just kind of just jump right in and move forward. You know, I, I, I celebrate, you know, the teachers that uh, have taken advantage of those opportunities to learn um, how to use these online tools and use a LMS during the regular school days. I think that just really benefited everybody. I do too. So those of you listening, just know that as a NIDA board, we are here for you. Um, we've been sharing some awesome webinar opportunities and we're gonna continue offering those throughout the summer. So tune into our website to register. Um, if you're in the mood for some PD and you just wanna check that out, um, please do. Um, we also have shared a Google Voice number um, that will actually directly connect you with one of the board members if you have questions, need support, you know, just want to bounce ideas off of someone else. We're, we're always here for you and we want to make sure you support. So whether you're listening to the podcast, looking at our resources online, um, please know that um, even though we didn't get our face-to-face -face conference this year, uh, we are working really hard to share um, knowledge, not just our knowledge, but many of our members and people that support us and support students throughout the state and beyond. So thank you again for listening to this episode. Have a great summer and we hope to see you all soon.